At the Indian Institute of Science, several timely research and technology development projects have been initiated to address problems arising from the current COVID-19 pandemic. However, due to lockdowns and the reduced functioning of the world overall, the researchers are facing difficulties in disseminating the results of their work. Through this series of informal conversations with some of the researchers and scientists behind some of these projects, we hope to gain an understanding of the what, the how, and the how does this help of some of these fascinating projects. Hi everybody, thank you for listening. This is a series of podcasts that tell us a little bit more about the innovations and responses that have stemmed from the Indian Institute of Science to deal with the current COVID crisis. And we have with us today Professors Sashikumar Ganeshan and Deepak Subramani. Hello, gentlemen. Welcome. Good morning. Good afternoon. Hi, Vivek. Hi. Yeah, we don't really know when people will be listening to this. So it can be good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. It's all valid. <laughs> sure, sure. Just so you know, whoever's listening can get an idea of who they're listening to, would you mind briefly sort of introducing yourselves and telling us a little bit about your background, how you came to do the work that you're doing right? Deepak, maybe you can yeah. go first. Yeah, sure. So I am an assistant professor in the Department of Computational and Data Sciences at the Indian Institute of Science, Bangalore. So I am basically a mathematical modeler. I work mostly with uh, atmospheric, ocean models, environment models. So, so all those are uh, systems or dynamical systems, as we call. Uh, so a, a description of the world in terms of mathematical equations, that is what I work on mostly. I did my uh, PhD from MIT in the US and I finished about three years ago and I've been at uh, ISC for one and a half years now. Thank you, Deepak. Uh, Sashi? So I'm Sashi Kumar. I did my PhD from Ottawa-Nburg University, Germany. My background is mathematics, uh, MSc mathematics and PhD in mathematics and particularly applied mathematics. So I joined the institute IAC in 2011 and then um, I became the pro associate professor like two years, three years back and now I'm the, currently the chair of the department. So since my background is uh, applied maths and in particular developing numerical schemes for solving PDEs, partial differential equations, obviously the mathematical modeling is part of my PhD work starting from um, Navier-Stokes equations to fluid flow CFDs, um, even the problems and so on. So the interest is the fact that even as um, I'm also not an um, epidemiologist and uh, in fact uh, this idea came to our mind when we have uh, seen the advertisement or the announcement of uh, the DST, the matrix project announcement came for the special call for the COVID modeling. Uh, then the question comes, are, are there not many models or what is this, the need for the special model? Uh, that's the real motivation to look into the modeling of uh, the epidemic or uh, any spreading diseases. So from there on, um, so we looked at the models and then we came to know that whatever the exist models which are used currently, most of the models are uh, the ODE-based models. And then we started looking into the PDE model, um, which could be useful, which is different than the existing model. This is how we have teamed up on the idea case. Right. Okay, so if I can just take you back, back to what you were talking about in terms of the ODE and PDE models, one variable versus multiple variables. What exactly does that mean and how is it? how does it change the inference from the data? Yeah, sure. So first, uh, let us uh, understand what, why we need a model. So a model, what we say as a model is a mathematical description of reality. Right. So in this case, what we are interested in is to predict the number of people who will be COVID positive and how that number plays over time. That is a quantity of interest for us. Right. 
So classically, there are three different ways in which people do this modeling. One is what is called as compartmental models. Okay, in compartmental models, what happens is they take the world, or right, they take a population. Uh, it's a closed population in which there are different compartments with respect to the disease. Right. So with respect to the disease, we say that there is a compartment which is susceptible. There's a compartment which is exposed. There's a compartment which is infected. There's a compartment which is uh, recovered, right? So recovered or removed. So they say, so either they are recovered from the disease or they die from the disease. So there is a removed, right? So the whole population is divided into four compartments. So they say S E I R, and we need to now write mathematical equations that help us predict what this susceptible, exposed, infected, and removed is with time. There is only one independent dimension that is time, right? So that is only independent dimension, and we write ordinary differential equations. So when we come, what we see is that other independent dimensions are as important than the full number itself. So, for example, if you know like the age distribution also in addition to the number, then becomes like a two-dimensional problem. And in addition to that, is it not uh, good to predict the number region-wise? What would be the numbers in the state? What would be the numbers in the district? That's that's where comes the spatial distribution. We call it as so that space we add it as a two-dimensional x-y coordinate basically, and then we could also include the another parameter or another variable, the infection severity, and in addition to that, the age of infection as well. For example, who if somebody got infected today, day is zero. Infection infection is age is zero. This information is needed because we need to know that the incubation period. So after five days only, they will be showing some symptoms. Then they may need uh, like hospitalization or ventilation kind of thing. So then one more variable is added, and that motivated us to write a set of other set of differential equations, which are called as partial differential equations or PDEs. Right. So now we will write the population as dependent on six independent dimensions right so time space their level of infection their uh, duration since they got the disease and their age of the population uh, space is in two dimensions so totally there are six dimensions that we get right so that is what motivated us to write this partial differential equation of course when we say six dimensional model it is in there is no need to stop only at six dimension we can also bring in for example the contact tracing Keep on adding. Right, that was actually a far simpler explanation than I expected. Trying to minimize as much as less uh, mathematical content, but I hope I'm satisfied. This. No, absolutely, yeah. that okay. makes complete sense. Yeah. So Correct. that actually brings me to a very interesting point, which is, I mean, any inference is only as good as the as the data that it's based on, right? Yeah, that's right. That's so right. how do you collect this data? Maybe Deepak, you can talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, sure. So, so when we write the partial differential equation, inside that there is some amount of modeling that needs to be done to decide how a new infection is introduced from the existing infections, right? How quarantining has an effect, how contact tracing, how social distancing, how uh, interaction between people, right, between different age groups, how all these interactions happen. Those all need to be modeled based on available data, right? So that is where the part of data comes in, right? So first we have to write our understanding of the world, right? Our understanding of how this disease is going to spread, how these different um, susceptible, infected, recovered, quarantined, all these things interact with each other, 
right so those there are mathematical descriptions on how those in, uh, interact based on parameters and these parameters are what needs to be estimated from data right so a model is as good as the assumptions that go behind how we predict how the numbers evolve in time as well as the data that has been used to infer the parameters which we assume inside the model right so no model is a 100% representation of the real world so that is why mathematics is so beautiful in that in the world of mathematics right everything is perfect right so within the world of mathematics and within the world of computations if all the assumptions all the uh, lemmas and all the theorems are in place then this is how things operate right but in reality there's a famous statistician called george box he used to say that all models are wrong but some are useful fantastic thank you that quotation particularly is really uh, insightful when i went on the website and i went through the graph and the visual representation and you know on the map of india and everything the timeline that it shows is up to march 2021 how how accurate is this and secondly i think as part two of this question are you ensuring that current changes are encapsulated in the prediction does that make sense yes uh, Yeah, yeah, of course. It's, it's oh, uh, cool. very, very standard, and then the validation fact. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Yeah, I'll surprise so, you a little later on with some strange questions. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. First, I will take the question on the uh, the prediction for three sixty five days or one year uh, model. Right, as Deepak mentioned, right, uh, no model is perfect, and then if you provide the right data on the right assumptions, then whatever you are predicting doesn't matter whether you are predicting it for. Uh, 365 days or you are predicting 5 years it will be perfect always the question is the data is dynamic here it's kind of a cyclone so they even deepak will be having even more uh, experience uh, in, in the model thing so what we have done is we have taken the data from march 23 to till june 15 and fitted the parameters uh, for instance uh, the recovery rate and the death rate and also the infection rate all these parameters we have fitted and then from june 15 what we have done is we have performed the scenario analysis here we have to understand one more point why we have taken june 15 until june 15 we have seen that in india we had like a two two and a half months lockdown so that was really the the really confined or the reduced the spread so if what would happen if people follow the similar social distancing what could happen so this is like the current trend and the worst trend is what would happen like people relax and then not following it. and then the best case scenario so what would happen if people got educated in the last two and a half months and then even more stringently are strictly following the social distance it looks like it's not happened it has not happened so this is like a best case scenario what we have done so these three scenarios we have taken and then predicted for 365 days right also the scenarios keep changing right so what we call as the current trend is the current as of the last time we updated the data right from there the worse is with respect to the current it is worse right with respect to the current it is better right so based on the current at that time next time when we update it with the data then the definition of current changes right so and then the worse and the better changes so if let's take these three scenarios there's the current trend the worst case and the best case so if you're saying that the current trend showed that there were x people infected in this 365 yeah. days then the worst case scenario showed what yeah. what in way so i do not want to scare the numbers uh, by saying the numbers what we will be seeing in the Uh, 365 days because the 365 days is too long for any mathematical model especially any predictive model but 
just for the uh, completeness i'm giving you the number if we uh, followed the current trend then we will be having around 90 lakh people um totally infected 90 lakh people by end of march and then if in the best case scenario only like 37 lakh infected people and in the worst case scenario unfortunately it shows something around the six crores of uh, infected population in india so when we saw this number six crores then uh, we thought okay this might be too much this never happen and then one of the reporters when we are reporting this the times of india or forgot the which reporter and we were saying that we are predicting six crore and i think this is very unlikely to happen but the reporter pointed out we are talking about only 5-6% of the population so 5-6% of the population getting infected is normal but i hope this situation will never come so we are trying to give a range right so based on look to quantify the uncertainty that is associated with these predictions we try to give a range right so that is the way to interpret these numbers right so to interpret them we have to see that okay if this is how things play out then this is what we expect right if things play out differently then we'll get a better or a worse scenario right so better number or a worse number right so th- that is how we need to interpret these numbers as we keep going going forward so coming back to the second part of your question right so how accurate this model is how can we say that okay after 365 days uh, this is going to happen that's difficult to answer i don't think any mathematical modeling person can tell you this number is going to be exactly right and no mathematical modeling person is going to tell you that which case scenario is going to follow the reason is this problem the natural problem is very very non linear problem what we are doing is a six dimensional linearized problem right so when it says non linear in a simple layman term for example the social distancing that we are using is a number right between 0 to 1 but it's a vast country even within a city we cannot predict how the social distance they are going to maintain it and again the interactive index for example when you reopen the schools then the lot of interactions will happen so similarly office fortunately now most of the it companies nowadays are giving the option of working from home but what happens if everyone started to work uh, from office one what happen if some started to go to the markets and all these things so how to tackle this then the question is of this is the reality how to tackle it into the model what we have done already for example two times we have updated the model based on the data which which were available what we are going to do is we will see the numbers and we try to refit all the parameters and then try to fit with the exact exact numbers and based on that again we have to run the different scenarios for example the recovery rate the recovery rate initially we thought it could be like only the constant factor but that is not the case the recovery for example in india what we have seen is the recovery rate is becoming much much better there are several reasons to that that also we have discussed so for example the reason initially the recovery rate is poor because only the highly um, infected people are getting uh, treated are getting noticed and then because their infection level is very high and their death rate is also high and that the recovery rate is poor whereas when the testing are improving when you do more and more testing what happens is then you are able to pick or identify even the asymptomatic people also that means the people with asymptomatic definitely they will get recovered so that means over a period of time when the testing facilities testing number of testing increases number of covid cases looks scary but there are like cases with mild attack or very less infection so that they are likely chance that they are going to get it recover as well so that's the reason the recovery rate is also like a function of time that parameter which we are planning to include and when the recovery rate is becoming better obviously death rate depends on the recovery rate so obviously death rate also has to be modeled as a function of time so all these things we have to do it maybe every one two third because this is completely a new disease we don't have any data to validate the model right how it's going to grow 
so no other option we have to rely on the data which are available and keep on updating the model and then do the scenario analysis so this is exactly what happens in a weather model right so let's say we are predicting rain or temperature right so we have some understanding there's a lot of uncertainty in the data that is available and there is a lot of uncertainty in the assumptions that go in and uh, the more and more uh, temperature readings come in more and more rainfall readings come in and then we incorporate that and make a better prediction how the temperature so the this is right so today you can see when you look at uh, the weather.com or your apps like we can be kind of 3 to 4 days ahead we can say if it is going to rain or not right so now that time time span right that is what is called as the predictive ability limit of the system right so there all systems all mathematical systems have a predictability limit associated with it right and that comes back to what is called as chaos right so theory of chaos and you might know the butterfly effect right so it's a small change if there's a butterfly in brazil somewhere that flaps its wings differently then the tornado might come to uh, the in one area and versus the other area so th- that is what is called as a butterfly effect right so similar things also exist in our modeling framework right so that is why we need to keep injecting data along the way and updating the predictions so a couple of things one is how this model has been approached your model in terms of introducing new parameters and and uh, factors to consider is not a new thing the fact that there weren't any other models like this is it true only of india or is it true of the world like because there have been other diseases that are still around you know like typhoid or malaria could this model be used for that as well yes definitely right so that's why i was in the beginning i said there are these compartmental models right so that is what the de facto system for epidemiology was right i think uh, the use of partial differential equations and the ideas from the spatio temporal distribution right so if you look at our paper also it's a spatio temporal model right so that's what we claim so this modeling system the ideas as uh, we also said that comes from our experience with in chemical engineering fluids and all those so we are trying to bring the knowledge from that domain into this uh, epidemiology or disease prediction infectious disease spread prediction right so of course it can be applied to other kind of infectious disease spread and uh, what uh, has to be changed is these uh, independent uh, parameters independent variables and the parameters that go with it that has to be fit according to those particular disease dynamics right so this is just a description of the dynamics of how this disease is evolving right so and as far as we know i think partial differential equation based uh, modeling process she can uh, correct me the frs uh, i know there is no uh, pde model for epidemiology or any predictive analysis and this is whatever we have proposed is the the first pde model for predicting any disease fantastic thank you yeah just the not add yes just um, yes, deepak mentioned it need not be covid any any spread has like a growth rate death rate recovery all these things are common but only thing is the rates will be different so you have to fit the, the right parameter and then you can use the same model to come back to your specific question of from where this idea came from where exactly is this model applied this model is exactly applied in the chemical engineering we all know about the fertilizers the urea the fertilizing company bsf wants to have a size distribution of the urea particle during the production what they really need is what are the parameters you can control so that you will have a uniform size of urea particles rather than one like a very big uh, diameter particle one small diameter particle 
so what do they want okay tune the the concentration of a solution a concentration of solution b increase the heat or cooling effect nucleation you change all the parameters right so that you come up with output or the production with uniform distribution of urea particles it's exactly the same equation you can see in the population dynamics where the spatial is like a, like a, you will have like agitator where it is rolling that sort of xyz components the spatial what we call it is the region in this model and then internal parameters there we call the size of the urea particle here we call it the infection level of the population right so that's exactly you can really connect from the chemical engineering problem that's exactly the same equation used for the only thing is how to interpret and these and everything then once you got this model into the context of a covid or a spread then obviously there is no limit that's just fantastic i mean that's an amazing story i mean if this is so unique which i completely believe it is are there anybody else in terms of either governmental agencies indian government agencies or people abroad universities and research teams uh, elsewhere who are using this or who have been in touch with you to adapt this model to their reality i think the one example though we are not directly related to or involved in the decision but it looks like the west bengal government has imposed the, the one of the uh, ideas of in, introducing a two day lockdown in our in one of the scenarios that they have introduced the indian government has announced or a supermodel project jointly with the jnc and the iisc and uh, we got an invitation to participate in the supermodel the whole objective of the supermodel project is to put together all um, epidemiologic mathematical modeling available in, in india and then make like instead of giving individually one modeler gives epidemiologist gives some number another gives another number rather than that to okay, put together everything so that we can have like agreed uniform way of projection so that the government cc for the government also to make the decisions or make the policies in terms of the uh, who else using our model and other thing yeah so what we have discussed so far is the nice part of the mathematical modeling increasing from the one dimensional ode to six dimensional but we call it as a dimensionality curve the reason is up to three dimension you can have like a numerical models numerical schemes but any dimension goes beyond three then the dimensional curve will come the reason is the level of complexity in terms of solving this equation becomes exponentially more and more so obviously that you no know, one needs to take care right so because this is a six dimensional problem you need a special set of numerical schemes in order to solve it that will take some time uh, how long did you take to develop this we have started somewhere in the mid of march or the summer just before the lockdown and then the first model we have released somewhere in the month of end of april and then may so roughly we have taken like a two months uh, when i said two months the reason is um, we had already the package we already have all the implementation for this type of pde from the that i said the population pbe is partial differential equation from the chemical engineering so we had all the tools that are necessary to solve this high dimensional pde so because of that mm-hmm. we were able to solve it and come up with the model in two months time so otherwise it would have taken much longer time if you want to develop everything from scratch it would have taken right, a little right. longer time than two months right right of course is this uh, and maybe deepak lugan way in here is uh, is this data available to the public you know for someone who is not trained and who doesn't have the perspective to say that you know all models are wrong etc etc it can be quite a yes so um the data that goes into the model right so all the data that we have used to fit and compare our model predictions is a crowd source data right so this covid19 india.org right so from that is where we have got the it's a crowd source data and they are making it freely available 
our models predictions are also freely available on our website right so you can go and get it so we are not withholding any information regarding the perspective right so we tend to think that okay the general public might not appreciate statistics and numbers in context but that's not true there is a cricket match right people clearly understand and appreciate what averages right what economy rate is right they have that internal feeling uh, of what these numbers are another prediction business right so prediction business uh, is election prediction right so people understand that okay this is the number of seats this is what happens right so we are in the business of prediction right so different different things we predict i uh, on on the my regular job i predict uh, what the weather is what cyclone is and all these things professor shashi as you were saying he does predictions in chemical engineering and this mathematics here we are in the prediction business of predicting what the covid is right so um, people i think understand that so i think that is okay that's really reassuring actually thank you i certainly hope people will uh, will go and look at this data and, and think about what it means one maybe just a couple more questions from me what are the plans post march 2021 is there another application that you are already considering for this kind of model for your work so um any system right any engineering or natural system that can be described by similar looking equations is fair game for the model right so there can be applications in nuclear engineering safety analysis structural health monitoring but that is one of the advantages of being a mathematical modeler is that uh, the descriptions of the real world right so once it comes into the mathematical domain right uh, the equations all look kind of the same and then we can repurpose something from here repurpose something from there and put together a new product right so put together a new uh, modeling system and along the way we have plans to develop newer methods of data simulation capabilities error correction capabilities uh, improving prediction all these things are from the methods perspective right so from a scientific and technical perspective there are lots and lots of work that could be done some more years until this becomes a well developed body of knowledge right mm-hmm. uh, that uh, can be readily applied off the shelf yeah just, just to conclude or just yeah, to add a second point um yeah so any physical process which is similar to uh, the epidemic right can be modeled using the the pd which we have developed for example with the one example for um, you can take it like a share marketing the prediction of share right that's like the predictive analysis right so you bring in the model and you include different parameters the one is the effective or the influence of the government policies you bring in the yeah. or the, the trend in the us or the trend in the singapore how yeah. the indian share market is going to affect all these things you can make it as a parameter and then you can extend it so if one of our listeners is actually on the lookout for something like this for their <laughs> business or their industry how do they get in touch with you our email is uh, open it's oh. in the public domain so anyone can write on the email uh, yeah so far we are not any email yeah. super that i think uh, that's that's fantastic and please remember me when you get these <laughs> emails asking to license <laughs> the product <laughs> definitely definitely thank you uh, is there anything that we've missed that you want to uh, touch upon not i think we have covered almost uh, every other point it was really fantastic chatting with you about the nature of predictions uh, especially in this particular uh, instance of the pandemic and good luck with all your future work and uh, thank you from all of us to you thank you so much gentlemen thank you for showing interest and thank you for patiently listening right
so uh, we try to avoid all technical try to convert into the layman thing um, hope you did not uh, bore you with too many mathematical terms mathematically no actually thank i was you, thank you so much for uh, hosting us thank you vivek thank you thank you for listening for more information on this project or on other projects developed at the iisc please visit covid19.iisc.ac.in that's covid19.iisc.ac.in dot i n